This episode of the Youth Ministry United podcast is brought to you by G-Shades. G-Shades is a youth ministry curriculum and teaching strategy that is focused on helping students see every life situation through the lens of the gospel. And I know what you're thinking. Graham, I don't have the budget for a youth ministry curriculum. But I'll tell you this, guys. G-Shades has options to fit everybody, and I mean everybody, with three plans to choose from. And every single one of these plans has the resources that you need to do what you want to do, which is impact your students and to impact them better. So if you just need message outlines, a discussion guide for your small groups, and like a game, that plan is only $16 a month. Maybe you're looking for higher production value, like a bumper video before the message or an Instagram devotional or a parent guide so you can keep them informed on what you guys are teaching. That's only $25 a month. And and let's say you want to step it up again and have a video curriculum that's going to help you increase your online reach during this pandemic and moving forward because we know all of our kids are online. G-Shades has you covered for that. It's only $36 a month. You're not going to find youth ministry video curriculum at that price point anywhere else. And I'll tell you this, just from what I've downloaded and used myself, the content that they create is amazing. It is so excellent, so well done. The content is good. The outline messages are incredible. The bumper videos alone are worth $36 a month. It just takes your messages. It takes your impact to the next level. You don't want to miss out on this. So head to gshades.org to download season two of G Shades Youth Ministry Curriculum and make sure you use the promo code UNITED. That's U-N-I-T-E-D, all uppercase, UNITED, at checkout to get an extra $5 off. And remember, G Shades, it's about seeing life through the lens of the gospel. Welcome to the Youth Ministry United podcast, where our goal is to equip you, encourage you, and empower you to do all that God has called you to do in your youth ministry. So without further ado, let's jump into this week's episode. What's going on, Youth Ministry United Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Youth Ministry United. My name is Matt Bowman, a.k.a. the Podfather. Uh, I am riding solo today um, other than our guest. Uh, so I don't have to do any introductions of Taylor or Tyler or, or Graham. Man. Thank goodness. Thank I know, goodness. For, for real. Yeah. Uh, but our guest today <laughs> is, is none other than the Mike Haynes. What's up? Hey, it's great to be here, and I don't think I've ever gotten to just talk to you just one-on-one on the pod before, so this is exciting. That's, that's right. Yeah, last time you were on, you were on with uh, Trey, and I can't remember who was on with us. Graham, maybe? But was we Graham could all, we just, we just established that they don't matter. They're not the No, no they don't. They don't. Yeah. yeah. They don't. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they really don't matter. As, as a matter of fact, <laughs> they're going to hate me after this. Um, no, as a matter of fact, uh, our last episode, if uh, if any of you remember, uh, Taylor or no, no, Tyler, Tyler and Graham met for the first time after Tyler was part of our podcast for probably six months. Wow! So yeah. you guys are this. That's how you know you're. This is big time. It's a big time pod, team. So big, you don't even know yeah. each other. Yeah. Just yeah, for real. Yeah, Tyler. <laughs> Tyler was convinced that uh, Graham was Taylor 2.0. It was Taylor's burner phone, basically. <laughs> He's like a fake uh, guy that we just, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's awesome. 
Yeah. That's awesome. So, man, I'm excited you're, you're back on with us. This is a repeat uh, guest. So um, you should feel honored. I, I do. I love Youth Ministry United and, and uh, yeah, I'm happy I get to, to be on and, and talk about stuff. Uh, it's crazy you guys let me on, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Excited about our conversation today. Um, and man, I don't think we've asked you our icebreaker question, but I'm going to start here with, with this. Um, our icebreaker question is one we ask every single guest and we've been doing it maybe okay. for, about, for about half the life of our podcast, maybe. Uh, and here, okay. here, here it is. You, this is our, this is what we've described as like the Enneagram of the Youth Ministry United podcast. This is how we figure out like who you are. Okay. 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 So if you're staring any mammal face to face, okay, this mammal can't, can't move. It's not going to fight back. What mammal could you knock out with one punch? Oh man. The, 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 the weird part is I lay awake every night thinking about this question, you know? It feels like a weird me, question, yes, but I'm, me too. I'm just, I constantly walk around and I'm like, what mammal could I abuse today? And so, <laughs> uh, I, it has to be a mammal. You said it has to be a mammal. Yes, a mammal. Okay. That's, do that you know what a, do you know what a mammal is? Yeah. It's the thing that doesn't lay eggs. That's <laughs> Yeah. That's a mammal. It doesn't lay yeah, eggs. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I like, we're, I'm a pastor. I don't, I don't know science. Uh, no. and so, yeah, that's right. So, um, oh uh, yeah. I, so I think I could probably take down. Um, I think I, I got a good shot at taking down it, it, it. Is it standing straight up? Can it like lower if it's really tall, can it like lower down so that sure. I can like yeah. reach it? Yeah. All right. Um, are you going to go with a giraffe? Was, Wait, are you going to go with a giraffe? I was, I was thinking about <laughs> it. Yeah. I was thinking about a giraffe. Uh, it's just a small head. It's all bone. I feel like if I find the right spot, I could probably take out a giraffe. I think you think. Well, or when it's, its head just fall. like when its head just fall over because its neck is so big. Admittedly, I am. Or would the whole thing break, fall over? I'm breaking my fist regardless. I don't think I have. I don't have big hands, and they're not made for punching. I'm a lover, not a fighter. But I do think I've got a. I've got a decent chance. And not how how much money do I win? Is this a money thing? None. none. What, no. Okay, this is just for fun. <laughs> yeah, this is just for fun. Yeah, we're just punching mammals for fun today no cool cool um yeah no good uh well yeah with just fun on the line um so if i fail it's not a big deal i don't miss out on a lot of money i think i could i think i would it would be a real big flex if i could walk around and i don't know that i would walk around telling people hey i, I punched a giraffe uh for no reason i knocked it out but if i if that was a world where that would be an acceptable social thing to do i think it'd be fun to be able to tell people that i i knocked out a giraffe in one punch i think i'm going giraffe here yeah okay nice yeah. but honorable mention goes to a seal um mm. because they're not tall they're heavy but i do feel yes. like i could i could get through the fat in the skull possibly yeah, yeah. well you know? i think a seal seems like every part of the the body is like connected in some way <laughs> i don't know <laughs> Like skeleton wise, or maybe I don't know. It just seems like they're like wherever you punch on a seal is probably going to be like a vital place to punch it. Oh, they they just seem kind of like a little squishy yeah. in terms of their yeah. That's good. Yeah, yeah. they're yeah. a little nerfy. Yeah, yeah. I like your answer. No, I think you're the first person that's ever said a giraffe. So uh, okay, good. Okay, good. For what it's worth. to be unique. That's great. That's for great. what it's worth. We've had two people yeah. say they could punch out a whale. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> and um and, and you you didn't say their names, but these people were it was Goliath was one of them. It was cool that you had Goliath on the pod. That is <laughs> yeah, so yeah. freaking awesome. <laughs> would you uh, like yeah. would you like to know who they were? I assume it was Goliath and then Goliath's little brother, oh. Trey, not Trey McKnight. I think I assume that was no, that's, no, no, no. Okay. No, okay. It was cool. Carl from Sunday cool. <laughs> he Great. specifically, he specifically said a sperm whale. Um, oh, that's, and, those are really big. Wow. Yeah. Look at cool. Carl. And then Josh Griffin from DYM. I actually think Josh has got a chance. If he did like a, if he just did, you know, like if you kick somebody, this isn't a real martial arts move, but I feel like Josh could make it up where you kick somebody, but you only hit them with your calf. Like if, mm. if Josh Griffin did that with those meaty calves, I think he's got a good shot of taking out a whale. I think that's so. right. That's right. I would agree. Yeah. I would agree. Yeah. Well, we're, we're, uh, we're not unfortunately talking about punching mammals this whole podcast. We Cause I, I thought I, I wasn't sure if this was the episode. And I'm I'm down. I'm it could down. be. It could be. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll do a special uh, episode sometime. Yes, a we will. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do cool. it. Cool. Okay. I'm down. Great. I'm down. Yeah. So uh, excited about this conversation. Uh, but before we hop in, uh, just tell everybody who you are. Uh, everyone should know your name by now. Um, but uh, what what do you do? What do you? Where do you live? What do you? Whatever you want to share. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Where do I live? So my 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 address is <laughs> no. So uh, <laughs> so I. Uh, my name is Mike, and I'm a youth pastor from Virginia. Um, I've been doing youth ministry for about a decade now. Um, I, yeah, I just I pastor just a just a regular church uh, in Virginia, um, and uh, not pastor, but youth pastor, and uh, I'm one of the youth pastors on staff. Um, I on the side, I, I run a youth ministry curriculum organization called G Shapes, um, and that I've been doing that for about four years, and am really loving that. Starting to really uh, love love uh, putting all the energy and time and focus into that um, that I have available. Uh, I've got I'm married. I have three kids. Um, my oldest kid is seven, um, going on eight in January, and yeah, that those are about all the things I have going on. I'm, I'm in the middle of a fantasy football season that is going medium okay um nice. you know so i think that just about wraps up me yeah <laughs> there you go um and real quick man like uh g g shades is wonderful like um i we've we've used it a couple times in our our youth ministry um and i think what i love about it um and for those who have not checked g shades out do it um i think what i love about it is every you know, every single message points back to the heart of the gospel, um, which is, you know, part of what you wanted to do anyway with that curriculum. So I yeah. think, yeah, I, just, I, I love it. I think you've pastors out there, go look at it. It's pretty, pretty affordable uh, for youth ministry career as far as youth ministry curriculum go. So uh, love what you do there with that. Thanks, dude. I, I'm, I'm glad that it's been helpful. And, and it does feel like it's increasingly I'm hearing more and more feedback from people who have tried it out in their youth ministry. And they're like, yeah, this is helpful. It feels it feels content wise. Mm-hmm. Right. It feels different. But in terms of stylistically and in terms of format, it feels a little it feels familiar. And so I think for a lot of people, that's a helpful combination. Um, just kind of doing the gospel a little bit more in our youth ministries, more than just like when it's time to do the altar call. But like, right. you know. Uh, talking about the gospel of sanctification and not just the gospel of justification. So anyway, um, right. but still talking about all the topics that students, we kind of need to talk about student ministry and when we're dealing with students and stuff that's really relevant for them. So anyways, um, yeah, I'm glad that you feel like it's been helpful in your group when you've used it. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, I'm just, I'm loving doing it and would love for anybody to, to 
take a look at it if you're if you're looking or you just need a if you just need a free month of curriculum it's there for you uh so yeah yeah absolutely man so excited about our conversation today, man. Um, looking forward to, to what we're going to talk about here. So I just wanted to just start, let's just start here. Um, what, what has been on your heart recently regarding student ministry? I mean, student ministry culture in general right now is something that I think a lot of youth pastors look at and um, man, there's some, there's some disturbing trends all around student ministry. There's, um, there's just a lot going on. When it comes to student mm-hmm. ministry nowadays, so like what what's been on your heart regarding student ministry? So where I live, um, we have a uh, kind of an ongoing battle going on in the school board of where I live. Um, there's uh, it's primarily around um, you know some of the hot topic issues and things the students are going through. Uh, I'm trying to um, figure out how to navigate. Uh, the you know students who are identify one way or the other and just trying to figure out how to how to navigate that as as a school system um naturally for a town that has plenty of churches lots of them are um uh you know uh in terms of their theology they're non-affirming and all that kind of stuff right it's and for people who who are also non-affirming like they and but also lots of people who are and right there's just been this, this and so anyways uh, it's been a battle and for, so for me, it's just, it's turned my attention to the next generation and like mm. the things about the next generation that, uh, that are for many Christians troubling and not for all, right. The, the things that are troubling, right. um, about the troubling trends in the next generation are troubling, depending on your theological beliefs, depending, uh, on your, uh, political leanings, depending on your personal experiences. Right. But, uh, which trends are troubling, which ones are like, yeah, go for it. That's awesome. You know, uh, be who you are and, and all that kind of stuff. But there are some trends even outside of, uh, outside of that one particular, you know, uh, LGBTQIA situation, right. Reality, like there are just trends that are troubling to a lot of, um, Christians of older generations. And, and so, um, I, we don't have to get into what all of those, this, this podcast episode isn't talking about each and every one of those troubling trends. The truth of the matter is any listener, uh, listening to this right now, you've already had a couple of them pop into your mind, things that you see in the next generation as you're working with your students and you're like, Ooh, that's, that's, mm-hmm. that is going somewhere and the, where that is going is not good. Right. And so, um, and so as people with, with a passion toward shepherding the next generation, right, toward Jesus and toward a lifestyle of, of gospel-oriented kingdom living, right, the rise of these troubling trends in the next generation is like, you know, like troubling, right? It's like the troubling trends are troubling, go figure. Um, and so, you know, what's been on my mind and what's been on my heart lately is uh, what our role can and perhaps should be as youth workers in terms of in, in light of these characteristics that are largely present in the next generation. Um, and, and so I'm hoping uh, that even though what I talk, you know, what I want to talk about on this podcast episode, um, some of it's not going to be like, oh, brand new. I've never heard of that before. But I'm hoping that uh, just what's been on my heart lately is just helpful as a reminder and, and maybe even shifts the paradigm um, for some of us in, in a way that we didn't realize we needed. Um, and so that's how we navigate that as, as youth workers, uh, the troubling trends of the next generation. That's kind of what has been on my heart lately. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I think you even mentioned it and we'll, we'll get into a little more of the specifics of, of the examples of the, these troubling, troubling trends, but the LGBTQIA, all, you know, that whole, 
whole deal right there, like is, is troubling mm-hmm. in and of itself. And I think, and this is a conversation I, I've had with, with people at, at the church I was at, um, where, you know, you know, it's not going away. Uh, it's only going to become more prevalent. And so, uh, it, it's important that we as youth pastors, uh, kind of know what our role is in that, um, or, or know, you know, what, what do we do in that, you know, when these troubling trends come up? And so, um, I'm excited about where you're going with this. Um, and I, you know, as, as we, you know, we as youth pastors, as we try to figure out what our role is, um, what, like, how, how does scripture help us navigate that as, as youth workers? Yeah. And that, that's, that's the thing, right? Because we, we all have opinions, but ultimately as pastors, most of us yeah. are probably at least somewhat interested in having our opinions be grounded in, in something that's like truth-based and um, that that's not, we, we know what we, a lot of us feel pretty confident about what the Bible says about uh, trouble, certain different troubling trends. And again, it's not, we're not just talking about like um, LGBTQIA stuff, right? We're talking about a lot. There are lots of characteristics present in the next generation that many of us find troubling. And, and a lot of us are pretty convicted about what scripture says about those things. That's why we find them troubling. Um, but in terms of how do we shepherd uh, the next generation in light of those characteristics, that is the part that I think can sometimes be a little bit uh, fuzzier. And so, you know, for me, the primary passage that I, that I look at, um, and again, this isn't going to be new to, to some people gonna be like, Oh yeah, of course you're going there. Um, but the primary passage I look at is Acts 17, right? It's Paul in Athens yeah. and right. He's looking at their gods and their statues and all that kind of stuff. Right. And he, he sees the Athenian statue dedicated to an unknown God and he leverages that, uh, that realization, he accommodates that and leverages that to share the gospel with them, right? And so what, what Paul wind up doing there in Athens was he accommodated the values of the foreign culture into his worldview. He accommodated, right? The, the application of the Athenians' values, the application was wrong. The application was troubling, right? The statue to an unknown god, right? The application there was off the mark. Uh, but the Athenians as a culture placed a high value on worship. And Paul was smart enough to accommodate that into his worldview and affirm that value to them. Hey, Athenians, I see you value worship so much that you've got to catch all God just in case. That is awesome that you value worship. Let me tell you who I think the object of our worship ought to be. Let me tell you who I think that unknown God is and and I think that kind of strategy, I think that's what we would be wise to do with the troubling trends of the next generation, because we might find the applications of their values troubling, but the values themselves present in the next generation, many of those values can and should one hundred percent be accommodated and even encouraged. Yeah, absolutely, and I love that. Um, you know that scripture in, in Acts seventeen. Um, yeah, Paul, Paul does accommodate that. And he, you know, he, he realizes that the object of their worship is something that, you know, he doesn't believe should be the object of the worship. He says, well, okay, well, look at, look at, look at who God is. Look at who Jesus is. Like, let's, let's point people there. And so mm-hmm. I think as youth pastors, we have a, we have a, a role that we can play in, in pointing students back to who Jesus is, um, even through some of the things that they value. Yeah, yeah, right. right. And, and and by by not focusing it like like again, there was a focus on 
look, the application is wrong and we need to talk about that. But I do, I just, there was a a pathway toward influence that Paul gained because he was willing to, he was willing to acknowledge the good. He was willing to acknowledge the value that the value itself was good. The value of worship was good. And and I, I, again, I just think they're in a couple of different, in a couple of different areas with students, I think we would be wise to adopt that kind of strategy as youth workers. Yeah, for sure. And so like, so when we're talking about these, these values of, of students and student culture nowadays, like what, what are some examples like of, of these accommodatable values uh, with troubling applications? Because there's, there's a lot. Um, And I don't think this, you know, the the list that we've kind of looked at um, or that we're going to look at is like, are the only ones but um, these are some of the, you know, the main, these main, uh, these main accommodatable values with, with troubling applications. Yeah. So, uh, so some of the, uh, I'm going to, here's what I'm going to do. So I'm going to share, I'm going to share five of them, five yeah. of them. And again, like you mentioned, like five ain't the, it's the, ain't the totality of it. Right. right. But five is just, uh, it's, it's a nice yeah. uh, number for a podcast episode. So, um, so I'm, I'm just going to share five and and when I share the value I'm going to share the value in a way that sheds a positive light on it because mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to take the value. I'm going to see the value for what it is, but then there is a troubling application and I'll, I'll share the troubling application yeah. too. And then I'll yeah. talk a little bit more about it. So like the first value that I see in the next generation is that they are extraordinarily empathetic, like ridiculously. Yeah. So, um, extremely empathetic. Um, yeah. the, the troubling application that many of many Christians, not all Christians, but many Christians have trouble with or find troubling is that that extraordinarily empathetic nature of the next generation has lent itself toward cancel culture. Um, and so you've got the, the, yeah. the value, right. They just, the next, they just seem to inherently understand the power of walking a mile in someone else's shoes. Right. And that plays itself out in the rise of cancel culture, right. There's this culture wide outrage at injustice or even, perceived injustice uh, because we're dealing with a generational grouping that they're they're able to empathize with others, right? And of course, we know empathy is a Jesus value, right? That's empathy is a gospel value. That is that is straight from the heart of Jesus. But cancel culture, that is maybe to many Christians troubling application, but the value itself is easily accommodatable. Right. And, and we can gain influence with the next generation when we call out the good of the value itself instead of only focusing or maybe even first and foremost focusing on the troubling application of the value of, of being extraordinarily empathetic. Because we all want students to be empathetic. Right. We just think that it's going in the wrong direction. But let's affirm, gain influence by affirming the value itself that's a Jesus value. And it's inherently, it's inherently there in the next generation. That's a good thing. Um, so stop me at any time, by the way, if you're like, I'm just, I'm going to keep, keep rolling, but stop me. Go for it. Have some back and forth about it. So, um, the, the, the second value that I see is like, uh, the next generation, they are passionate pursuers of equality, right? And it's kind of connected to the first one, but it's a little different, right? They're passionate pursuers of equality. Um, and the application of that 
has lent itself toward things like uh, the LGBTQIA plus movement and also uh, critical race theory also take the rising as an application of this passionate pursuit of equality. And for many Christians, uh, both of those applications are, are very troubling. Um, and so I totally recognize, right, that, that we don't all agree. We don't all agree on the app, whether or not these applications are troubling. There may be some listeners to the pod who are like, both of those things are awesome. They're both more of those things, more inclusivity, more critical race theory. Right. But, um, but but it's troubling to many Christians, right? The equality of pursuit, yeah. the way that they're 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 going about that is troubling, and and so um, I understand, and we understand that the lawmakers aren't Gen Z and Gen Alpha, right? They're not old enough yet to be the lawmakers. Uh, but make make no mistake, right? The loud voices leading lawmakers yes. and decision makers to what to to do, what they're doing, right? That that voice is comprised of the younger generations, and so the value of pursuit of equality. That value is some kingdom yeah. stuff right there. That is, that's Jesus. This, Jesus is all over that, right? The presence yeah. of the value itself in the next generation can and should be accommodated and encouraged, even though many Christians find the applications troubling. That's right. And I think right. p- part of the reason too, I think, um, and you you talked a little bit about this, I, th- I believe you hit on it real, qu- real quickly. Um, but part of the reason too, the, these voices are the loudest voices. Gen Z just from what I've seen is one of the most passionate generations about injustice. Yeah. Like they they want to get behind a cause. Yep. And so their voices are just super loud when it comes to these things. Right. Like, yep. Yep. So. Yep. And it's not, and it's not a bad it. thing. And I actually, no, it's not. That's a solid segue. It's not, it's great. It's great. And because, and this is, this is the third value is that, like the next generation, yeah. they are content creators and they are anxious to contribute, right? right? Which is what we were just talking. They want to contribute. They want to do something, right? They want to contribute. Now, uh, when we look at, you know, wanting to contribute specifically in the, the place of content creation, right? Being content creators, uh, that oftentimes winds up kind of making its way toward the application of this kind of misplaced sense of identity and self-worth, right? And so, you know, they, they, they don't want to consume, right? They, they want to contribute, they want to create. And, and out of the overflow of that, uh, because the enemy is such a jerk and Satan is, is Jesus come to steal and kill and destroy, right? We wind up with students who wind up, ah, the application of it, they, mm-hmm. they, they are maybe a little addicted to TikTok, right? They spend a little bit too much time on, on TikTok and, and all that kind of, right? We're just like, oh man, and granted, we all, have, when we were teenagers, spent too much time on one thing or another. It's just yeah. what the thing is, has changed. I, I, still, when you were, I still spend too much time on TikTok. Yeah, it's, well, uh, yeah. I had to Bro, delete my TikTok account. I had to like yeah, get TikTok on my phone. I was spending too much time on it, right? It's, I probably right? should, but I'm going to continue doing it. I love it. I appreciate that. I appreciate that honesty. Yeah. (laughs) It's right. And so, and so like, like, you know, the age old question of technology, you toss that into, right. Of a, Oh, is technology bringing us closer? Is it driving us apart? Right. And and so between the, the sense of self-worth and the focus on the popularity of the content they create, create, right. You've got this misplaced sense of identity, right. You bring all of that together with the technology piece and, and many of us are troubled with the mm-hmm. fixation of the next generation on content creation. Yeah. But while the application of the value is sometimes troubling, the value itself is as image of God as it gets, right? Creating yeah. is literally what God is all about. Like he is all about yeah. creating. And so to see that, that value, that trait present almost inherently in the next generation, that's, right. that's exciting and it should be accommodated and affirmed. 
Absolutely. Right. 100%. Yeah. So the, right. the fourth one um, is that the next generations, you know, they are driven more by a quest for belonging than a quest for truth, yeah. which naturally plays itself out in the uh, very troubling, extremely troubling application of relativism. Um, and yeah. so, you know, with the next generations, right, the objective veracity of someone's statements are, generally speaking, less important to Gen Z, Gen Alpha than who that person is and the influence that person has had on their mm -hmm. life, right? Consider it brand loyalty, but with people, right? And so now the application of this relativism is absolute garbage philosophically. Like it, it makes no sense at all. It's self-defeating to a, like a absolutely immediately self-defeating, poke a hole in it with a, a cotton swab. It's so fragile, but uh, there is space for this tendency to value belonging and acceptance over truth. There's space for this in the kingdom. There's space for it. We as youth pastors, as a Christian community, we can accommodate this. Jesus accommodated this, right? The disciples were attracted to the who of Jesus way before they had any sense of concrete faith or even understanding of what Jesus came to do or what he was really all about. The disciples didn't understand the gospel they were following Jesus because of who he was. And they were just like, I don't know what this dude is teaching. I don't really know if I believe, but yeah. I mean, but I like him and he's like a really good to us and he's doing crazy stuff that I've never seen anyone live this way before. So I'm going to follow, right? And Jesus accommodated right. that. He had these 12 guys who didn't believe in the mission that he came to accomplish until after he was dead and yeah. rose from the grave. And then they got it and started sharing the message. But like, for the three years he was walking around, he did. They they didn't. Re they were all about belonging and acceptance, but they didn't really. Un they didn't really get the objective truth yet. And I just think there's space for that, you know. And therefore, there's space for that in the kingdom. And I think we That's can right. leverage that um, as we shepherd the next generation. You know. That's right, for sure. So I love, I love this, this. Yeah, this is great. Yeah, good, great, great, great. I'm glad to talk about this. Is, this is I, this has just been on my heart recently. Yeah. Like, man, because I I feel like most of us were. It's, it's so easy to be just so curmudgeon about the next generation, even as youth workers. And we're supposed yeah. to be the ones who, like, are all about the kid. We love the students. We love the teens, you know, the, the youths, you know? We're right. supposed to be the people who love, but it's so easy to go, oh, my gosh, you guys are such idiots. You know, you're, yeah. where you're heading is going to be, ah, oh, our, right. our country, our world, <laughs> oh, no, right? And it's and so I just, I've mm -hmm. been thinking about and, and just you know, spending a lot of time with Jesus about this. Thing. And the last one, um, the last value that, that we'll talk about today is, is you know, this value of, of self-acceptance and this hyper-awareness of emotional health. Mm -hmm. um, and that, of course, sounds like a good thing, you know, awareness of emotional health. It's a good thing, but you know, for those of us who are maybe a little bit more old school, uh, the uh, troubling application of that is the next generation seems a little fragile. <laughs> you know, they seem a little like, you know, again, cotton swab, poke a hole in them because they're so mm -hmm. fragile because they're so, they're so woke and in tune with their emotional health and mental health. And it's like, dude, suck it up and, and get, get on, just keep going, you know? And so that can be tough for the older generations to, you know, it's easy for us to be a little commercially about it because we find the trend troubling. Um, and, you know, so they're not just the next generation. They're not interested in muscling through, right? They recognize that being emotionally and mentally healthy matters, and they're placing a high value on that, right? And that leads them to this sense of self-acceptance, this sort of, I'm not always okay, and that's okay, because this is who I am, right? That that kind of attitude and that kind of sense of identity. There's, there's almost this sort of self-forgiveness 
that is inherent in the next generation. And the application of that sometimes is that the come off is kind of fragile. But you know what? That I've just been thinking and in, 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 in just talking with Jesus about this a lot lately. That, that value, that value itself that they have adopted, like, like Gen Z has adopted a hollow version of the freedom available to them in the gospel. And they don't even realize it. They don't even know it. They don't even realize that they're they are living out the gospel. They're just living right. out. They're just living out of the overflow of a gospel identity. But they've taken the whole foundation. They've taken the basis out of it. But they're coming to a similar place. They just don't have the the the, I, the, the piece of it that gives it weight is the God piece, the Creator piece. This is what you were created for. It's what Jesus has instilled in you because He died on the cross for you, right? It, and they're 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 kind of jumping to the end of that train the end of the destination but the middle part matters so much and we know that we, we know what the middle part matters we want to ask them to follow jesus um and so anyways but i just think it's i just think it's interesting that they're going they've made space they've created space in a pursuit of self-acceptance and emotional health the next generation has created space for the gospel of jesus christ and they don't even know it they don't even realize it and that rather than being something that we're curmudgeoning about, that is so clear. When you frame it that way, when you reframe it that way, it is so clearly an opportunity for us to introduce them to the Jesus that leads us to be mentally and emotionally healthy mm-hmm. people. Now, I'm not saying you can just pray away emotional or, or mental health issues. That's not what I'm saying. Is that Obviously, there are legitimate mental health issues. Medication is necessary. But I'm saying like in terms of a lot of the stuff that's plaguing us, the anxiety, the, the stuff that there are some spiritual roots to that. And there is a Jesus who, because of what he came to do and the identity that he is trying to place in us, can kind of start to heal some of that brokenness. And we get yeah. to introduce them to that Jesus because that they have been pursuing the God. They don't even realize they're pursuing the gospel. It's so beautiful. Just like the Athenians who created space, they had already created space in their religion for the God of the universe, and they didn't know it. It was almost like they were like, something's missing, and we don't know what it is. Yeah. There's something, and they created the space for, for the gospel. This gener- This next generation, these next generations, Gen Z, Gen Alpha, they have created in their pursuit they have created space for the gospel yeah. and they just don't know it yet. And I think right. that like Paul, we would just do well to recognize that and to gain influence with them by affirming those values and pointing them and then in affirming those values and then pointing them toward the kingdom, pointing those values toward the kingdom so that God can, can iron out those troubling applications of the yeah. values that they kind of inherently have as the next generation. Yeah. Yeah, I love that, man. Um, before we kind of like tie bow on this, I, I, I have a question real quick. Um, mm. And, and um, it's kind of off the cuff, so have fun. Um, so when we're when we're looking at these these values that in and of themselves are are, are accommodatable values, they're they're good values to have. How, like practically speaking, how have you found that it's best to affirm those values in them? So let me give you an example. So a couple of months ago, we were getting out of church. Uh, we're getting out of like youth church, youth church. That's not what we call it. Anyways, we call it, uh, we call it middle school unite youth church. We're, we're like a 1700s Baptist church. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, don't no, just kidding. So we, we're, we're getting out of a, we're getting out of, um, out of 
our, our, our MSU, out of our middle yeah. school United service. Uh, and, you know, after we get out, we've got a hang space. It's got, you know, it's got a switch and a gaga pit and all that kind of stuff. And so the kids are in the hang space and they're, they're, they're living life and having a good time. So after I got off the stage, I was done, you know, sharing the message. Um, I got approached by a couple of students who wanted to ask questions, whatever it was, mm-hmm. um, share, share something. And uh, there was one little girl, she's a middle school girl, and she was in kind of the back of that you know, she was waiting, but then she saw that I was busy and I saw her kind of out of the corner of my eyes and talk to this other kid. I see her kind of hesitate. And then she walks away and, uh, you know, just decided that, Oh, it's, it's fine. So she walked away. So I, I finished up with this kid. I went out into the hang space, getting ready to go jump in the Gaga pit to go murder some children in Gaga ball. And I decided instead, cause out of the corner of my eye, I saw this little girl, you know, middle school girl. Um, she was sitting over in the corner and by herself, just kind of staring at the ground, right? To be clearly very contemplative about something. And so I said, well, let me, she wanted to come talk to me. Let me go see what's up. And so I go over and, I, you know, I sit, just sit down on the ground next to her and there's kids buzzing about all around us, but we're just, you know, we're just going to sit here and have a conversation for a bit and just say, what's up? You know, how, how, how are things going? I didn't bring up that she was waiting for me, but I was just, you know, how are you doing? And, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And how's your day going? And all that kind of stuff. And she, uh, she you know, we, we, you know, bantered about whatever for a couple of minutes. And then she got quiet. In about five or six seconds after she had been silent, she said, I see dead people sometimes. And I was like, huh, (laughs) yeah, you know, right? Oh, okay, Uh, tell me, okay, tell me more about that, right? and obviously, immediately, we can all see that there is a troubling application here. Mm-hmm. I mean, right? That, like, clearly, a, a, a troubling application. This is, this, I'm not sure that the application of this is accommodatable into a Christian worldview. <laughs> this doesn't quite seem in line with anything I've ever seen in scripture or whatever, right? She's like, I see dead people. I talk to them on a pretty regular basis. I say, okay, let's talk a little bit more about that, right? And so she goes on and she's talking about how she just, she sees spirits. And so she sees them, she talks with them, she has conversations. I'm just asking follow-up questions, right? I'm not, at no point in this conversation am I like, you're wrong. The Bible says that's not real, right? I just, I just, oh, well, tell me more about that. Okay, oh, so you're, okay, so this, okay, well, well, okay. So are there any spirits in the room right now? She's like, yeah, there's one, there was one sitting on that chair. Chair's like five feet away from us. She's like, there was one sitting on that chair a couple minutes ago. I was like, okay, did they seem happy? Did they seem happy to be here? You know, she was like, yeah, they were just chilling out. I was like, okay, what happens? Have you ever seen a person? And we're just kind of goofing. At this point, like, we're just keeping it lighthearted. I'm just kind of like, I'm not making fun of it, mm-hmm. but it's clear that I'm just trying to keep lighthearted. I'm like, okay, well, tell me, like, you know, did, you know, have you ever seen a situation where some, a spirit has been sitting in a chair and someone has come and sat on the chair where the spirit is sitting? What happens then? Right. And she's like, and she kind of laughs and she's like, I have seen that before, right? And I'm like, this kid is something else. <laughs> and so she, <laughs> she's like, you know, I have seen that before. And, you know, the spirit, you know, spirit gets out of the way and like, it's kind of rude, you know, like sit where someone else is sitting. Of course, the person doesn't know. And so then I, I started asking some more serious questions about it. Just trying to just kind of get a sense of what, what this is, right? And so I'm like, you know, have, have any of the spirits ever felt evil in nature, right? Do you get a sense that it's demonic in nature or is it, is it just, they're just chilling? She was like, I've never encountered, I've only encountered an evil spirit one time, um, she said. And, and I, I had a cross necklace on and I threw my cross necklace at it and it disappeared. I was like, okay. Uh, and so 
we just had a conversation about this thing, right? And it was clear to me in the moment that she had come to me to she wanted to get this off of her chest because she wanted to feel seen, right? She wanted to know that church was a safe place for her to feel seen. Now, obviously, if this had come up in a small group and we were with other students, then for the sake of the other students, we have to at some point bring in the truth of, hey, you know what, that's actually not in line with what scripture teaches. But for this girl right here, for me to affirm to her, right? Hey, I'm so thankful that you like, okay, so you see these spirits and you are, your conversations with them are meant to help them work through what they're feeling, what they're like, the the, the troubles that they're having, or they, they have unfinished business here or whatever. Like that is so kind of you to see them. And instead of freaking out and whatever, like your, you in your kindness want to help them like get right. And, and so obviously the value is there. This little girl is so kind. She's so sweet. She is so other centric and, uh, it wants to help other people. Now the ghost thing that she's seeing, we eventually got to deal with that, right? Like we eventually, eventually we need to correct that. But in that initial first conversation, she did not need to hear me say, you're wrong. She needed to hear me say, you're kind. And, and just know yeah. she's in seventh grade. There are going to be future conversations. Like she's in seventh grade. She loves this youth ministry unless she moves to another state or something. Like there will be future opportunities for me and her or her and her small group leader to have conversations about this thing in a way that is constructive and helpful and kind of helps to reframe it for in a way that's biblical. The thing itself is troubling. And there was a piece of me certainly that walked away from that conversation going, I think I, as a youth pastor, just let a little girl walk away thinking that it's totally cool that she talks to dead people mm-hmm. and that that's totally fine. Yeah, of course, I felt a little bit of like hesitation about that. But when we were done with the conversation, this is a little, I've only known her for a couple months, right? So we were done with this conversation. We all leave the gang's hang space, time for kids to go home, whatever, go find your parents, that kind of stuff. And so we leave the hang space and we go out into the lobby and she, we say our goodbyes or whatever, and she starts walking away. And then she stops in her tracks, starts to turn, turns back, hesitates, and then sheepishly kind of starts walking back over to me. And I'm like, I don't know what's about to happen. And she just kind of, and you can imagine, you, everyone listening has a seventh grader like this, where you've had this moment. And she just goes, can I have a hug? Right. And it was just, it was, I just, it was like, I just melted, right. I just melted because it was the, it was clear. She was asking for this. This isn't something that we do. Like, we're not just like, Oh, we hug every time we see it. Right. But, but for her, what just happened in that hang space surrounded by the chaos of children where she told her pastor, Hey, I talked to dead people and the pastor's response. Wasn't you're wrong, but I see you and you are kind. Right. And let's talk more about this sometime. For her, that was, I mean, she needed that, right? She needed yeah. that. She needed that. And so, again, I'm, I'm sure there are people listening to the podcast who are like, oh, Mike, you did the wrong thing in that situation. I get that. This is a hard, when it, when it comes down practically speaking to do this, I think we're all going to be left feeling a little bit of tension sometimes, right? It's going to feel right. a little messy. It's going to feel like, oh, did I do my job? But you know what? I, I really think with this next generation, I really think it's going to end with every generation, but I think this next generation, it is really important to affirm the good that we see in them, the value that we see in them and make our way, earn the influence to make our way toward the troubling application 
of the value that is kind of good and, and, and create, you know, image of God. Right. So that's one example of how that's worked out in my ministry. Wow. I love that. I love that you just stepped into that conversation too. Uh, You're probably a better youth pastor than I am because if I would have heard her say, I see dead people, I would have walked away. Yeah. So like sixth sense style or (laughs) (laughs) I'd have freaked out. I'm out. Yep. You see dead people. I'm, I'm leaving. Yeah. No, No, I love, I love that. that. Yeah. (laughs) I love that you stepped into that conversation though. Um, But let's, let's just sum this all up, man. Like uh, let's, let's tie ball on this and and we'll, we'll wrap up. If you were to sum this all up into one idea, what would that be? Yeah. If it was a sentence, the sentence would be that the image of God within humanity has never skipped a generation. It's never skipped a generation. And I think the implications of that are, are astounding. I think we, we all know that theologically, but I don't think we, we always recognize that. We even preach it, but I don't think we always look for it. And the truth of the matter is the, you know, the area of God's image that is like inherently present within the next year or most apparent in, the, in gen, each generation to generation the the values are different. It looks different, right? The part of the image of God sure. that's inherent in each generation, it shifts around, it changes. And so for you, you know, for you and me and right, the, the value, the image of God present in our generation might be a little different than theirs, but it is present in theirs. And when we recognize that and we look for it, it's going to be a whole lot easier to accommodate the values that we can accommodate because they have some values that are easily accommodatable into a gospel-centered lifestyle. It's just their applications of it are wrong, but the image of God is so clearly there. And when we can not only, when we just, we don't just preach that from the stage in a way that's hollow and theological, but when we show kids that we see the, I see the image of God in you, I see it. It's right, it's right here in this thing that you're so passionate about, that you love so much. You're so passionate about this thing. And parenthetically, oh, you're so wrong about it, but I'll talk to you about that later, right? But, but like when we just it affirm in them that I see right. the image of God in you at work, yes. it's a little distorted because of sin. It's a little distorted because of our sin nature, but listen, I see the value, it's there. I think that's when we make the gospel message real to kids, right? It's not just there once, there's the story yeah. that God created Adam and Eve and he planted his image in them. And so now you and I have our image in us. Isn't that a great story? But like, no, I see the image of God in you right here, right now. As you fight for, for 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 injustice, for racial injustice, as you fight for LBTGTQIA inclusion, I maybe don't agree with your application, but I see that fight for injustice, and the God of justice loves that in you. He loves that. That is your. That is His image in you. And hopefully, hopefully, we can get to a point in our relationship as shepherd and 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 kind of you know disciple where we can talk about the applications of that, mm-hmm. point it in a more kingdom oriented direction. But the image of God within humanity has never, ever skipped a generation. I just think when we do that, when we share that message with the parents that we interact with, I think it's just going to make us live. We're going to have a whole lot more excitement for the next generation. We're going to have a lot more joy. We're going to be angry and worried a lot less. We'll have a lot less anxiety, which ironically is what we're worried about in the the next generation. And yet we have it over the next generation. We'll have a lot less of that, right? We'll just, we will live with a lot more peace and hope because we recognize that God has not forsaken, like he has not just forsaken the world and given up. He has placed his identity, his, he's placed his image within every single generation. Yeah. Love that. Um, and real, real, real quick before we, we close here. Um, th- these are the kind of conversations that I, you know, when I would have with a student and and this was kind of our, our thing as a ministry, we'd always have, uh, co- whenever we'd have a conversation with a student, 
it would always be end with here's what I see in you, you know, mm. and yeah. it's those, it's those what I see in you conversations. And that's what we called them all the time. Um, anytime we'd have a conversation with a student, it, it would end with, okay, well, yeah, you know, this, this happened, but what I see in you is a student that absolutely loves people yeah. that, yeah. that cares for people. I, I see a student that, is empathetic or that's passionate for equality, like whatever that is, like we'd always point back to, to, to what we see in them. And those conversations were great, you know? So seriously, I love it. I, and isn't that what, isn't that what, what Jesus does for us yeah. as our advocate, right? Isn't yeah. that what Jesus does for us? Like he just, he just, he just keeps calling out the good. No, there's correction. Yeah. There's correction, right? There's training, there's rebuking, there's training mm-hmm. in righteousness that all of that is there, but he just keeps yeah. looking at us and going, I love you. I am so proud of you. Look at who I created you to be. Oh yeah. man. Yeah. Uh, you, I, I receive glory every time you breathe, look at you. Right. Yeah. And I just think when we live that way towards students, we reflect the gospel to them in a way that no, we share the gospel with them in a more powerful way than the best sermon possibly could. Right. Yeah. I just think I, I just, that's what I want for us as youth workers. I want us to be those people. And I, I probably don't get it right you know, all the time. But I just hope that this is helpful for anyone listening. And I know it's been helpful for me to just become a little bit better of a youth pastor for the next generation. Yeah. I love it, man. Mike, thanks again for, for coming on and, and just sharing a little bit about your heart and student ministry and um, shameless plug time now, right? Where can people find yeah. you? On, where can people find you on socials? Shame, yeah. Shamelessly plug everything. G Shades, where can people yeah, find thanks. you? Awesome. Yeah. Why are you, so, why are you, you awesome? Want, uh, yeah. If, if you want to reach <laughs> me, uh, you can find my not so awesome Instagram um, at Mike E. Haynes. It'll be in the show notes. I post about once a month, um, sometimes less, and it's usually not anything um, helpful at all. Uh, and so if you're really interested in that, I am probably not going to add to your content, but it is a pr- like a, you're, you're not going to be a better person because you follow me. But um you, uh, it is a great way to reach out to me because I do check Instagram every day. I just don't really post. Um, and so, uh, and so if you want to reach out to me, Instagram is great. You know, I have a Facebook, it's, I don't know, Mike Haynes, you'll, I guess you'll find me eventually. Um, and, um, I'm the, the black one with, uh, with something that sort of looks like dreads, but isn't quite dreads. That's me. Um, and so, uh, and then, uh, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, so that's, if you want to reach out to me, I, I'm happy to have a conversation. I would love to talk to anyone. I honestly, COVID has sucked so hard. Um, and part of the reason for that is because I haven't, like, I haven't been to a conference in years now. And I love youth ministry conferences, right? I just, I feel like I don't know anyone in the youth ministry community anymore. Like, um, and so that's part of the reason why coming on and talking with you about youth ministry is just yeah. so life-giving. Like, I just, I just don't know a lot of youth pastors anymore. And, and, uh, and I feel out of the loop on a lot of stuff. And so anyways, um, I would love to talk to anyone who, who wants to reach out and just chit chat about life or fantasy football. If you've got tips, please hit me up with tips. I'd love to live with my day. I got a little money on, you know, one of my leagues. I'm, you know, I'm, money I'm seven, I'm seven and two. I can give you some tips. Come on, come on. You ain't mentioned that. All right. All right. I gotta, yeah, I gotta figure out. You didn't have Derek Henry on your team. Did you? Nope. All right. Yeah. That's why you're winning. That's why you're winning. I'm seven and All two right, in hey, both of my leagues. In I both mean, of your leagues. Both of them. Seven and two. Dude, you are crushing. Oh my goodness. I made the mistake of drafting Antonio Gibson. Is this what the podcast is about? Okay. I'm supposed to be plugging. <laughs> yes. Um, so, uh, so G, so G, so G shades, uh, yeah, G shades curriculum, youth ministry curriculum. Um, and, and it's really affordable. Um, my, my, my hope was to help out 
the churches out there who don't have a huge budget, um, but you want kind of qualitative curriculum, but, you know, year long format um, curriculum, but you don't have a huge budget. Um, the best part about G-Shades curriculum is that there is a tier that is still less expensive than most video or youth ministry curriculums out there, but there is a tier called Prime. Um, G Shades Prime, and that tier includes video messages. Um, a lot of the video messages are shot by me, but they're also shot by some other people um, who, uh, some other friends that I have in, in the youth ministry world. And so we just we create we put together a yearly curriculum, and it's all very gospel centric. If um, the style of of you know the the kind of paradigm that I, I speak with, the way I frame things up in this conversation was it all re- it all resonated with you, then I really think you would like T-Shades curriculum um, because it's all centered around this kind of seeing through the lens of the gospel, bringing everything back to the gospel, kind of gospel-oriented mindset. And so anyways, um, I think uh, I think that's really helpful for students, and I think it'd be really helpful for you if you're even a little bit interested, head to gshades.org, gshades.org, and, uh, and just check out the free download resource, you know, and um, it's just a month, you know, it's a free month curriculum. And if that's all you get out of it is a free month curriculum or like it was trash, but it was free. Um, then that's, that's great. Uh, but I really think you're going to like it. A lot of people do. Um, and so, yeah, those are all of the, all the things that I have going on. So, and, and, uh, and if you have, if you need, uh, some help with your, uh, fantasy football team, uh, you can reach Matt at Matt Bowman. Uh, on Instagram, Maddie. Uh, I think he's That's right. Maddie the Podfather on Instagram, and so you just. <laughs> I should. <laughs> I should change my username. <laughs> absolutely. Oh yes. man, absolutely. Another yeah, missed opportunity here. That's right. That's right. Yes, I, I will. I will be happy to give fantasy football advice to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah just don't that's suck awesome. that's that's the, that's the, yeah, the advice that's, I have. oh my gosh don't so, suck so strong that's, <laughs> yes. that's the best advice man yeah <laughs> yes awesome man well thanks again mike uh youth ministry united nation until next time have a great week hey youth pastors don't you love how ministry is easy how every week is the exact same how you only have to focus on one thing all week there's always plenty of resources to go around to your youth ministry Now, obviously, that's a bit of a joke, but hopefully your logo is not. Bright Cole Creative is on a mission to fix bad branding in the church. Now, Josh has spent a lot of time on staff. He's he's spent time volunteering at churches and spent the last decade working at an advertising agency. So if you'd like to see some of the work that he does, go to brightcole.com. That's B-R-I-G-H-T-C-O-A-L.com slash logos. Or if you need some lunch break entertainment today, check out his logo review series on YouTube at Grade My Logo with Bright Cole.